Hello and welcome to episode 21 of a Thai football podcast with me, a windswept Dale Farrington. And me in the rice harvesting badlands of Seasicket, Rob Bernard. You've been keeping busy, Rob, with the rice harvest then, have you? I've been watching with great interest. I tell you, any players who ever moan that they're overdoing it, come and see how people really graft. Who was it? Was it Cluffy who used to take his team down the coal mines? I'm not sure. I'm not sure I could take one or two players down there and set the lift off. I think it was. It was either Cluffy or Shankly. It was one of these characters. So I guess the Thai equivalent is taking the players down to the rice fields, isn't it? I think that'd be a good idea. Definitely. Do them some good, I think. Anyway, we've got loads to get through this week. It's going to be a a packed show, fast-paced. So we're going to crack on and we're going to start with Friday night. And again, this is something that I've been dreading ever since I was sent the report. This is Bill Greaves on Sukkotai 3, Chombury 2 from the only T1 game this weekend, which was played on Friday. Ties to the podcast. Hello. This is the report on the uh, game between Sukhothai Firebats and Chunbury Sharks. As a Sukhothai supporter, I am very happy to report that we won 3-2. As to the game itself, we started off with a beautiful breakaway goal by John Beggio. And we were in the surprising position of being a goal up with most of the game to go. We were still pinching ourselves to make sure it was true when Chunbury went down the field, equalized, and a couple of minutes later scored a second goal. And we were in our more usual position of being a goal down with most of the game to go. It wasn't long after that that John Baggio scored a second superb goal from a pass from Bonilla, our ex-superstar. There we were, 2-2, with a lot of game ahead of us. And then the strangest event I've ever seen. Uh, Number 22 took a weak shot at goal. It went right at the goalie. And then it sort of slipped between his legs and into the net. We all looked at each other and didn't know how to react. But the ball was in the net. It was a goal. Oh, I guess we'd better stand up and cheer. I have heard it said that the goalie deserved a lot of sympathy for his error. However, it is the job of supporters to help their team as much as they can. And from there on in, whenever the ball came anywhere near the Chonbury goalie, the Sukhothai supporters were standing up and cheering. People were suggesting that he should be named man of the match. Maybe not polite, but that was that. The second half was an incredible game. Sukhothai came out in the second half with one intention, and that was to hold on to their lead. We played great defensive football. It should be noted that Chunbury had one very, very easy opportunity, which they missed. But to balance that, Sukhothai hit the post too. So our defense was strong, but 
we still had attack going too. Personally, I was hoping to see a fourth goal. When was the last time Sukhothai scored four goals in a first division game? That's a good question. I don't know. To change to the bigger picture, Sukhothai have had a pretty poor season so far. Having said that, it should be noted that we have played all the strong teams. The only big team that we have yet to play is Muang Tong, and they're not having the greatest of seasons. We can quite possibly beat them. We are now out of the relegation zone. Our next home game is Pratuap, who are bottom of the league. I am hopeful that we can beat them. Then we have Utai Tani. I have been criticized for uh, not enjoying Tonkan. The opposite of Tonkan is Utai Tani. I had a great time there. I am looking forward to a return, and I think we can win. The rest of the games this half of the season, I believe that we should not lose any of them. Against Port and against Chonbury, we played good football, and we deserved both wins. I have also remarked that did we beat Chonbury, or did they lose to us? I may take that back. I think we beat them fairly well. I am hoping we have turned the corner. Our next few games are basically playing the regular suspects in the relegation struggle. And if we are the team that I think we are, we should be able to beat them. And with that, thank you and talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks ever so much, Bill. Good report to go with a superb game as a neutral. I know you probably don't agree, Dale. I went before the game for a 3-2 win for Chombry. I didn't expect it to be 3-2 to the home side after maybe 35 minutes. It was really action-packed that first half. Confession time here. I, I didn't see it. I'm in England and I've been on night, so I just slept through the whole thing. At one point, I was tempted to get up and watch it, but I was just so tired. So probably for the best. Well, if it's any consolation, your keeper had a nap for the third goal. I have seen that. And, you know, these things happen, don't they? And I think you said, you know, you compared it to the Gary Sprake one in the cup final, the Chelsea 70 game. I feel for him. He's been wonderful this season. He's been outstanding. He's he's earned us quite a lot of points. I mean, I know you saw him at Bury Ram and commented on a couple of the, the saves he made there, but he's carried that form throughout the early part of the season. So I, I just hope it doesn't affect his confidence because I think he's he's somebody we've needed for a long time. I've always maintained that the one position we've struggled in over the past few years is goalkeeper. And now we've actually got someone who is, by and large, reliable. I hope it doesn't put him off and I hope he comes back stronger for it. I thought it was sound the second half. I mean, nobody mentions if a striker blazes over from a yard. I was once told by a, a former professional goalkeeper he said I'd you know I don't think about my mistakes particularly because it, it's beaten 10 others before it beats you which I thought was a good way of looking at it yeah that's very true we've got another match report now and this is you Rob so do you want to introduce yourself with your reclining report for this weekend. Yes, I'm sorry if I put anyone to sleep here. I was laid back in my hammock in the backyard and I watched the top of the table clash in T3 Northeast between Surin City and Seasaket United. Rob's reclining report. 
this week's reclining report in the hammock outside the house in deepest countryside Ciseket and I'm watching the game between Surin City and Ciseket United. Now this game, Ciseket win, they go above the current league leaders who are hosting this game, so a lot at stake. Uh, the corresponding fixture last season, unlikely victory for Surin City, more or less ended Ciseket's hope of winning the divisional title. Surin surprising quite a lot of observers including this one start of this season having a fine record so plenty at stake today it looks a very warm day the usual bumpy pitch just see the slowest physio on earth running out there for Ciseket at the moment bring you updates as they happen well, it looked for all money as though the visitors had gone ahead there in four minutes. The bloke operating the camera seemed to have fallen over and when we came back the ball had missed. Still nil-nil. 25 minutes gone, it's 1-0 Ciseket in a very good game of football, it has to be said. Quite open, both teams going for it. And the visitors have gone ahead. And good personal news for me. I'm there next week for the elephant show and the marquees are up. 1-0 Ciseket, 25 minutes. So as the teams head down the tunnel for half-time, it's 1-0 to the visitors. Playing today with just one Brazilian up front, Danilo. Damian, it transpires is suspended, which explains his omission on Wednesday from the cup game. Not all it seems at times, and it's good to remember that when we're in Thailand. Jump into assumptions about certain coaches. Anyway, yeah, a very good first half. Good to report, an excellent referee who's letting the game flow. Still plenty of action to come in the second half. I wouldn't like to guess the score at full time. 1-0 Ciseket, half time. It's still 1-0 to Ciseket here at Seren, but uh, it could very easily be different. Uh, came very close, did the host to an equaliser, and then the keeper's just pulled off a superb save, tipping over a header. 1-0 Ciseket, 15 minutes into the second half. Full time at Cinerong in Seren, and the uh, final score is Seren City 0, Ciseket United 1. A very competent display from the visitors, it has to be said, who now go top of the table, jump over their hosts at the peak, and they sort out very well. Couple of half chances towards the end, but uh, it really wasn't in any doubt. So, very interesting, very interesting as we uh, get towards the halfway stage of the division. Sounds like it was a good game. It was, yeah. Both sides went for it. I really liked the referee. He let a lot go. And when that game had finished, I managed to cram in the last 20 minutes of Marisaracum and Ubon, which a 30-yard equaliser in stoppage time for the O. So I had me full yesterday afternoon. Good football. Yeah, and the best seat in the house as well. Oh, not half. And what, what are your thoughts on T3 overall? Because it's I think we're approaching the halfway stage, aren't we? I know you follow the northeast division quite closely. Obviously, that's... That's your region. But any, any thoughts just in general on the, the T3 situation going into the, the break? There's obviously some tight divisions in there and it's a problem that we've got in town. And I really don't know how they're going to solve it. There's too many good teams aren't going to come up from Division 3. It's a bottleneck. We all want improved facilities and stadiums, but what is there to encourage anybody to invest? You know what I mean? If they can't come up, 
It's it's a really tricky one. There's some good teams in T3. There's some absolute garbage as well, by the way. But, uh, yeah, you've got to encourage teams to come up. I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, I've been trying to think about it today. and It might be tough love for a few teams in T2 at the moment and maybe just have a lot of up-and-down promotions for three or four years and see how it goes. Too many dead rubbers and too many good teams not coming up. Is it three promotion places out of 78 teams across the whole country? That's right. Which does seem unfair, but, but they have this habit, don't they, every couple of years, they'll change things around in the lower divisions. So maybe they'll notice these discrepancies and hopefully act on it and, and do something to make it a little bit more competitive. And as you say, you know, encourage teams to really go for it because that's what they should be doing, shouldn't it? They should be aiming to get higher up the pyramid. They should. I've got every sympathy for the uh, administrators. Thailand's an awful shaped country and trying to get the region so the teams are playing reasonably affordable football and then moving up, it's, it's a really tough one. That leads us in nicely to our next feature, which is an interview with John Oliver who's a Ratbury fan and this is what Ratbury did they came up through the leagues so they're a club that can actually be held up as an example of what you can do with a bit of organisation and a bit of ambition John is also a member of the Herhin Dragons which he's going to tell us all about over the course of this interview and that there's a little group of them who travel up from Herhin to Ratbury for every home game so here's the chat I had with John earlier this week Thai Football Podcast Hello, John, from the Herhin Dragons. Hi, Dale. We can start off by asking how you first got involved. Why did you choose to support Ratbury? We decided to go to watch Ratchbury, uh back about halfway through leg one of the 2018 season. Um, and they won. They played Bangkok Glass and Mendes and Kang Su Il scored. So um, then we were hooked from the start, really. But when we got to, uh, well, back then it was Meteor Stadium, which is now Dragon Solar Park. And it was amazing to see all the fans in orange. And it was just like being a match day at a home park my dad's team from the Fogar um, and we've gone ever since it is a very impressive stadium I can I can see why that drew you in and they won as well in your first game which always helps I remember getting tickets and we wanted to be in the grandstand um, but we got tickets on the further sides of the stadium where the match should be hardcore sit so all the drumming the singing yeah we just loved it I remember huge flag going over us twice when he scored and that was um, yeah it was a brilliant experience for our first time uh, supporting Ratchbury So can you tell us a little bit about your group because there's quite a few of you out there who travel up from Herhen to Ratbury for home games and get to most away games as well I think My father who runs the the Wine Dragons group and it was just to get our fix of live football and um, we tried to get a minibus uh, I think a 10 10 or 11 seater if we got numbers you know mainly it's myself my dad does the drive-in and a good friend a Dutchman called Jan who usually go to most of the home games my dad does all the cup games um, and he'll try to go to the away games but um, we get a lot of people that visit us from various countries and they, they want to come to a Premier League game so we take them to Ratchbury and obviously they enjoy this experience and it seems to have really grown I mean, I'm I'm a member of your group on Facebook, and it's it's so nice to see you getting new members joining all the time. I think we're at 1,000 on the 1,000 mark of members now. I think that the big help for that is the uh, the polls, so man of the match, um, that gets everyone involved, gets everyone talking about various topics, um, and a lot of you know ties that sort of I think they like to use you know, the Wahin Dragons Facebook for, to help with their English and stuff like that, which is great. 
And of course, one of our regular contributors, Reza, he's one of your members, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah he's on there. We love having him on. He's he's first out of the blocks every week with his match report. And he's, he's always very positive. That's what I like about him. He always tries to put a, a positive spin on things, which is not always easy. It is hard sometimes when your team's not very good, but I try to find the positives. But I know actually really the upcoming games until Christmas, they've got the top five, Alphatomed, Mung Tong, Buran, that's the next game, Chang Rai, BG, and Port on Christmas Day. So, you know, there's going to be hard times for Matchbury fans, I think, because we just lost Sia, who's been our striker. Alvin Fortes hasn't really featured a lot this season. Um, so, I mean, hopefully... We'll get some points, but against the top five, it's going to be very difficult, I think. So. I was going to ask you about the, the two guys who've just left. I'm not really sure what happened. Do you, do you have any more details? Yeah, not really. Usually, you know, following match three, players come, players go, and you don't really see anything, any any reason why, to be honest. And I was quite surprised when I looked on Facebook and I saw CEO and Fortes gone, which is okay. Both are quite good players, but I think Martin Najiva, who's he scored, I think it's seven goals for us this season, and he was actually with us back in 2018. Three appearances and one goal, but I'm not sure why he didn't start because he's a goal machine and that's what Ratchabry, since we started supporting them back in 2018, I really missed as a prolific goal scorer. So hopefully he stays. It did seem very strange. It just seemed to come out of nowhere. I mean, it was, I think it was the day yeah. after the, the Chambéry game, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. I think it's going to be Ratchabry as well with the, the managing, managing roulette, like I like to call it. Um, players always come and go so you know hopefully well I saw Confluke I think yesterday on Facebook he wrote that there's a superstar coming uh, didn't say who so just wondering who that could be in replacement of CEO and Alvin Fortes so we can look forward to seeing who that would be I think all the Ratchbury fans are in suspense yeah well by the time this goes out you might have found out who it is have you have yeah. you got any any inkling as to who it might be who would you like it um, to be I would personally like he's probably not he's not a midfielder but I'd like to see Philip Roller back because he's always been you know I'd call him Mr Ratchbury because all the fans love him he's a great attacking fullback he can defend you know and he's brilliant and I think you know the fullbacks we've got at the moment they're okay but they're not Philip Roller and I think it was sad to see him go to Port when he did and uh, I'd love to see him back in a Ratchbury shirt Yeah he's he's always one of my favourite players and he's he's very tough to play against as well I know when I've been there yeah. with Chambery he's, he's usually been one of the, the standout players No no just saying he's a, he's a great player and I think you know, to have him in your side um, is great I mean that's uh, the season when we had Stephen Langill, uh, Lost Me Caribou, Yannick Bowley and Philip Roller, we got to the final of the FA Cup uh, against Port, unfortunately we did, didn't win. But um, all four were fantastic, you know, and that obviously I think that was the season we got in the ACL. But especially Philip Roller, he can, you know, he was a captain, he came quite young and he just grew and grew as a player. If he comes back, I think it would be a, a positive for the Dragons. So the end of the first leg, which is pretty much the end of the year, isn't it? Where do you see the club at the end of that first leg? I think we're going to be in the relegation zone. I don't want to be Mr. Negative, but, you know, I think that should be a struggle. And, and I think, unfortunately, I think the current manager will be shown the door and then Miguel Somcho back in charge. That's just Ratchabri, you know, as I said earlier, manager roulette. And, you know, it's just one of those things. We were saying on last week's podcast that it, it is very tight down there. There's very few points separating pretty much for anywhere from sort of eighth place right down to the bottom. This season, you don't seem to have one team who you can just look at and say, yep, and there's certainties to go down. So maybe you could turn it around in the second leg. What do you think needs to happen for you to do that? Um, well, one thing definitely I meant 
mentioned his name earlier, but Martin Najiva, he needs to stay. He's good on the ball. He knows where the goal is. And the other one that I think he's going to be going at the end of the first leg is Medi Turkey, our number six. Not a bad player, but I think we need a replacement for him. You know, I'd love to see Philip Roller, but even if it could be Lost Mukarabu coming in, I think he could do a lot of good stuff for the Dragons. But again, we're still in suspense. We'll soon know who the secret player or the star player we revealed. Who is it who's making these decisions? Because obviously you've got Robert there, who's been involved in Thai football for as long as I can remember. And you're, I don't know how you'd describe him. Is he team manager? Kun Fluke? I think he's the president of Ratchamari. But I'm, to be honest, I'm not too sure who picks the team. It could be Robert, it could be Fluke. We just don't know. It could be Somchai. If our manager goes, we just have no idea who it is. I think I think Robert has a big role. But I think Fluke plays a you know a massive role in in maybe team selection. But I um, often see on the training photos that he trains with the team as well. But I don't know who picks the team. Would you like to? But, know? No, not really. I, as long as the team whoever they pick and they can, if we get five wins in the next five games, and then whoever's picking the team, keep picking the team. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to look at it. So I can't let you go without asking about the ground. We did mention it earlier. Whenever you speak to fans of other clubs, one of the grounds that always comes up as being one of the nicest places to visit is is your ground. So what's it like being a home fan there? Do you, do you feel the same about it? Yeah, every time we, we go to the ground, they're always in all of the... There's a great dragon on top. Not many stadiums have that. Cold Chang, I think, is a small Chang. is 50 baht, which is always a bonus. You're always going to have a, a beer when you're there and a beer in the stadium, which is quite nice. I think to complete the stadium, to have the other goal side as for seating, uh, complete the stadium, and it looked really good. But even without it, it's still probably, you know, home of the Dragons, Dragon Soda Park. It's it's probably one of the best stadiums that I've been to. Buriram, you know, the Thunder Castle is still on the list to get there. But um, at the moment, Ratchbury... Dragon Soda Park is number one. Are there any plans <laughs> to build a fourth stand behind that goal? I think the rumour was that you know, if they did do that, the Thai national team would be able to come to attract more people to Ratchaburi. But I'm not sure if that's going to happen or when that's going to happen. But it'd be good if that does happen. Obviously, it's not too far for us to go and watch Thailand play and stuff. But, um, you know, we don't, we just don't know currently. That's quite a good incentive to get them to build it, isn't it? I'm all in favour of the, the national team playing around the country. I, I think it's great because it gives gives more people the opportunity to see them. And, and just going back to your ground, it's in such a lovely setting as well. You've got all that space, you've got the huge car park, and that club shop is as good as any I've been in in England. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're very good. But, um, you know, they that what I like about the shop as well, and it's all the old merchandise that they've had season after season, you know, and you go in and for sort of XL to XL size, which is which is my size, they've usually got plenty of stock. So for that, you know, thumbs up to the shop. So you just need to get it right on the pitch now and everything will be fine, will it? Yeah, that's it. You know, that upcoming five games is going to be tough. But, um, you know, I wish hopefully we'll do do very good. Time will tell. Indeed. Well, good luck for the rest of the first leg. You know, you never know. You could surprise one or two people. And thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it, John. And you're welcome back anytime. So just let let us know when you want to come on again and big up Ratchaburi FC. Perfect. Thanks very much, Dal. Thanks, mate. Bye. Thanks, bye. Thanks ever so much, John. Lovely insight into the club, putting a bit of flesh on the bones for Reese's Reports Weekly. I can commend the stadium as well. I think it's absolutely superb. And maybe as a way to improve the crowds on a match day, if they had public transport, hired some transport to the city and the stadium, that's the only fault 
I can find with it. I agree. I said to John, didn't I, that it, you know it's in a lovely location, but it is hard to get to unless you have your own transport. These are the kind of things that clubs really should be looking at. We talked with Mark Loveridge a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying the same about accessibility at, at Nakhon Ratchasima. And I know that Chambury a couple of years ago used to put on minibuses from Central in Chambury to try and get people out to the ground. I think they've stopped doing that. I wonder if the, the demand is actually there. I mean, to us, it seems like a logical thing to do. And if you put them on, people will use them. It's one of the big song towns in Ratchabury and work perfectly. Maybe it's something they should consider. I mean, they do seem to have everything else right, don't they? You know, the whole oh, setup there is very impressive. It's a great place. I was privileged to come to the game. Funny enough, watching Chambury a couple of years ago, we saw a great game. Fantastic it reminds me of the those who you were old enough. There used to be a, a terrace at Turf Moor Burnley called the Longside. Great big vast terrace in, split for home and away fans, steep steps, and it's dead like that side at Ratbury. I remember it and I know what you mean. I'd like Ratbury to stay up, but looking at the bottom of that T1 table, if it's going to be us or them, I'd prefer them to go down. I'm not going to lie. but <laughs> That is tight down there. That and T2, the top half, they're going to be really exciting finishes. It's funny, isn't it? That like the bottom half of the T1 table is very close. And then that's replicated at the top of T2, where you've got only a couple of points separating, what is it, the top eight or nine teams, haven't you? Yeah. I wouldn't like to pick who's coming up from that division. No. And you've, all, you've always got the teams who throw the spanner in the works, getting the playoffs and don't go, go for it anyway. That does t- seem to happen a lot. I mean, on, on a personal level, I'd, I'd quite like to see Nongbua Pichaya come up again. I always enjoy going there. They play nice football. Well, they did the times I've seen them anyway. They still do. I, I was lucky enough to see them earlier in the season in a cup game. And it was, yeah, good watch. Very entertaining. And that stand, it'd be great to see that full. You were talking about the, the Ratbury and the Burnley stand earlier, but the one at Nongbua is very impressive. So my bucket list for sure. Hi, my name is Jamie and I'm listening to a Thai football podcast. A wonderful insight into the world of Thai football and the diversity of the fans that follow the wonderful game. There's been a lot going on this week, hasn't there? A lot of off-the-field things. Whenever there's a break with the playing side of things in the the top flight, we seem to get these stories that keep the momentum going, don't we? Where do you want to start, Rob? Well, we've had Graham on a few times, and he's mentioned why he doesn't like Port and Madame Pan. And you've got to feel for them at Terror. I mean, if it's not if they don't go nicking the good players, they've gone and nicked the coach this time. It must be very frustrating because they seem to be doing well, didn't they, this season? They've they've had a couple of poor results, but I think overall, bearing in mind what they have at their disposal, I think they've they've performed really well. And obviously the, the takeover, I'm assuming that'll mean there'll be money available to bring players in during the window. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, we'll see how that takes cover goes I'm watching it closely I think Brian Makar's still involved now he's obviously someone who's been very very close to Thai football for a number of years so I think whilst he's still there there's, they've got that stability and they've got the local knowledge so it's not like they're coming in and starting afresh they've actually no. got somebody there who, who knows what he's doing it'll be interesting to see who they appoint there was a bit of confusion earlier in the week when their official site actually put up that Sintovichai had Hera Tanaka and Warawut Siramaka had been appointed as 
head coach and assistant, which was quickly taken down. So whichever intern was responsible for putting that up is probably in a lot of trouble. But I, I think they'll go for a big name, won't they? They'll they'll try to get somebody with a high profile. Is Steve Darby in the running? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to ask him. I'll, I'll message him after this chat. I'll be very surprised <laughs> if he was, to be honest. Maybe Sven Goran Eriksson will come back. Well, I was going to message Steve. There's a there's a little sort of gap in the market here. It could become the Sam Allardyce stroke Neil Warnock and come in and save teams after Christmas. I'm not sure if he'll thank you for that. We'll see. <laughs> you might have just scuppered our chances of getting him on the programme. We're only joking, Steve, if you're listening. <laughs> Hello, I'm Steve Darby, ex-coach of Thailand, and you're listening to the new Thai Football Podcast. So we've mentioned the break, and the reason for it is obviously the Thai national team have got a World Cup qualifier coming up against China. Yeah, Thursday night. How do you think they're going to go? Oof, I don't know. I don't know. My heart obviously says they're Thailand when uh, I'm going to go for a diplomatic 1-1. I've got a feeling they're going to do it. I mean, all the top players are back. There can be no excuses this time. By the time the match comes around, the squad will have been together for a couple of weeks. And I think with all the support that Mano has within the squad and within the general population as well, I've just got a feeling a packed stadium on Thursday night, I will not be surprised if we win that game. It'll be tight, but I think it's going to be one of those nights, one of those emotional Thailand national team nights that we see all too rarely these days. I really hope you're right. Part of that is... If they lose, there'll be a gentleman in my neck of the woods saying, I told you so. But the other thing, like you say, it'd be great for Mano. It, it promises to be a really good atmosphere as well. China has sold out their away tickets, 2,000 are coming. So it'll be a good atmosphere at Rajamangala. Of those 2,000, how many of them do you think will be off-duty policemen? <laughs> Good one, oh. good one. I'm assuming you've seen the story this week, have you? About the, the Thais yeah. bringing in Chinese policemen to help with tourists. I'd rather they brought in some Chinese referees. I thought you were going to say Chinese restaurants then. <laughs> That would be surreal. It would. Anyway, from one extreme to the other, so talking about the national team, there's also been a cup competition going on, the BCG Cup, which I've got to admit I know very little about, but I think you've been following it quite closely, haven't you? I have indeed, Dale, and sometimes I scratch my head. Now, I know that there's people who are going to disagree with me, and I respect their opinion, but we just mentioned earlier about the size of Thailand. There was teams in the last round scheduled to travel 14 and 15 hours in a regional knockout cup. Ubon, who can get a flight to Chiang Mai, but only three times a week, were drew, drawn away to Major. 25 people turned up to watch that game. In the southern group, AUU into Bangkok, which are from Minbri, near Sapanaboom, were drawn away to Patani. 15 hours. They didn't even bother going. Oh, no, they might still be on the way. Who knows? At a time when money's tight, supposedly, in the Thai game, I can see how it's happened. It's Madame Pang's company, and she's trying to do a good thing, and, and I respect that. It's it is a nice touch, but I would have preferred the money to be spread out to the clubs and say, right, we're going to give you this handout, but you have to spend it on development, not on players, on proper club infrastructure. That would make more sense to me. I know there's three million baht to the winning team, 
But what about the other 70-odd? They cannot cover costs, unless they send them on, on song towels. Sometimes they introduce these competitions, which on paper sound like a great idea, and it's good for these clubs to get exposure, but they don't put the thought into it. I remember when the League Cup was launched. Initially, all the games were over two legs. So you'd have a T1 team or a top flight team playing against a lower league side over two legs. So even if in the first game, the T3 side got a reasonable result, which quite often was keeping the score down to a a minimum, so something like a nil-two defeat, they still had a second leg to play, which by the time it came around was completely meaningless. So they ran with that for, I mean, at least one season, possibly two. I can't just remember off the top of my head. But once they saw the error, they corrected it and I think now with the League Cup you've got a great system where the lower ranked teams are drawn at home, it's a one-off game and there are more chances of upset. So maybe this will happen with this competition, they'll realise that making teams travel such long distances just isn't viable. I mean to be fair they do it in the FA Cup as well. I mean Cicicet he's out on a limb let's be honest, it's a long way from anywhere and we've had two non-league teams here in the last two rounds one from Chumpon and one from the third division of the Bangkok League. I just can't get my head around it. I really can't. And bear in mind, I'm a Scarborough fan back home and there's fans there more about being in the National League North and having to travel three and a half hours. It's, it's something that needs to be looked at, doesn't it? I mean, when it gets to the later rounds, we'll see. And I, I promise I'll pay a little bit more attention to it so we can have a better discussion next time it crops up. Well, ideally, Cicicet will pick a team from the local bar and get knocked out. Concentrate on more important matters. Hi, my name is Fran and I'm listening to a Thai football podcast Everything you ever wanted to know about Thai football and so much more. The return now of a regular feature. We've had to give it a rest for the last couple of weeks because of for time issues, really. But it's nice to have it back. And we've got some more listeners' questions. And the first one is from Phil Williams. And Phil actually phoned in with his question. So we had a little bit of a chat about it. So we can listen to that now. And then if you want to add something at the end, Rob, you're very welcome to do so. Cheers. A Thai football podcast. I just wanted to ask you a question about cup competitions, Thai cup competitions. Generally, it's accepted that teams field a second string 11. If a team gets to the, the later rounds, like the round of 16, I know you hate that expression, not the quarterfinals. Do you think that the players that got you there should be rewarded and kept in the team, or do you bring the big guns in? You've seen many Chombri FA Cup runs, League Cup runs. What's generally been their approach? To be fair, Chombri have generally played a fairly strong team in every round. I can't remember an occasion when they put out a second string side. They'll rest one or two players maybe, but overall it tends to be the the regular starters that that get a game in the cup competitions, which I've always been quite pleased about because I'm, you know, as you just said, I don't like this modern terminology and I am very old-fashioned and I can remember times back in England when teams would play their full-strength team for every single game. So I was always quite pleased that that's how Chombri approach it. We've had mixed results. But going, going back to your original question, some clubs now, depending on the size of the squad, they will have a, a designated cup team, won't they? Where they'll they'll have yes. that'll be the team for the cup. So they're usually kind of the goalkeeper, isn't it? Because they they want the second choice to get experience. For me, I'd like to see teams play their strongest side for every game. Me too. Yeah, it must be tempting if you got get to say the quarterfinals and you see the twin towers of Wembley or Rajamangala yeah. in your sights. 
you think, well, yeah. we're only two games away from being there, a big day out. So it must be tempting to uh, play the best teams. But, but it's a shame for the players that have got you there, the second string players. But I guess you you can't, it's a situation where you can't please everyone. That's it. And it's a squad game, Phil. Yeah, I must admit, Dale, I'm in your foot in there. The major competitions play top teams, despite what I've just said about the BCG Cup. The proper competitions, put your best teams in. I am, I'm old school, the same as you. The FA Cup back in England is still the most special thing on earth to me, football-wise. I prefer that to a World Cup. Well, I said everything in my chat with Phil. I, I think so. That's how we were brought up, wasn't it? Teams played the strongest teams in every game. You know, you look at the great Liverpool team who dominated in the sort of 70s and 80s. You know, they virtually had the same 11 players on the pitch for every game. They won the league with 15 players. Only 15 players were used. Maybe that's why they won the league. They're only allowed 11, Rob. <laughs> No, this rotation. Rotations for crop fields. So our next question comes from Mark Taylor. And Mark is asking, do you think a Tyborn player will ever go on to play in one of Europe's top divisions? I certainly hope so, but I'm not so sure. I think the best chance is to be spotted at a, a relatively young age and, and play the career, virtually the full career, over at an academy in Europe. I can't see anyone being picked up from the Thai League and making it. No, it's not competitive enough. Well, Mark, it has been done. We need to go back to the late 70s to find the Chombri general manager and former head coach and former Thailand national team coach, Wittier Laukul, who played in Germany. He played at Hertha Berlin, and this often gets overlooked. I know people talk about the modern era and everything, but at the time it was a big deal, and it's still a big deal. For a, for a Thai player to go from the Thai leagues to play in the Bundesliga is quite an achievement. So let's not forget. Well, I, I didn't know that, Dale. Thanks ever so much. I stand corrected. And uh, it's educational, is this podcast? It is. And obviously, currently, we've got Supernat at OH Leuven in Belgium, which... It's arguable. Is that one of the top European divisions or not? I don't know. Depends what Mark means by the top European divisions. But he seems to have made a good start. Hopefully, we will see it eventually. I know there are issues with visas and where Thailand are in the world rankings and everything to take into consideration. But it'll be great to see. I, I think it'll be excellent. Definitely. I think that's just about it for this week. We've managed to cover quite a lot. Well, there's always something to talk about. It's as though they know we're doing a podcast. That's it. It's a beauty of Thai football, isn't it? Never disappoints. Certainly entertaining, if nothing else. Anyway, have a great week, everyone. And we'll be back next week. I'm sure that the international fixtures will be high on our agenda. Plus anything else that happens in the mad, crazy world of Thai football over the next seven days. So enjoy your week and we'll see you all next Wednesday. And just a reminder that if you want to watch some C3 football, it's always on Facebook. Thank you.